Ready? So welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a massive thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me and the adventurous lifestyle. And thanks again to everyone for tuning into this podcast. So to say thank you, we're offering a 10% discount code. So next time you need any outdoor gear for your next adventure or camping trip, go to wildearth.com.au and put in the discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. They ship internationally and have free shipping Australia-wide. Okay, so you can't get any more wilder than this guy. How do I even introduce someone like this? He paved the way for modern surfing, a guy that I've looked up to and idolized my whole life. Not only was I lucky enough to meet him, I got to hang out with him for a week in Iceland and see him for the genuine top bloke he is. This is nine-time bodyboarding world champion. He's something like 20-time body surfing world champ. He's the discoverer of the world's most infamous slab, Chopu, and he's the legendary Hawaiian pipeline charger. This is Mike Stewart. So we recorded this on the way to drop Mike off at the airport with Haider Logie at the wheel driving during this wild blizzard here in Iceland. So sorry for the background noise, but the weather was just insane. So during the week, Mike told me some amazing stories and I could easily sit down for hours and just hear about his life. So I'm just so stoked and honored I had this opportunity. So enjoy. Mike Stewart, I think you've done this a few times before. A couple of times. <laughs> okay, well, hey, actually, so I was just, this is what I was just saying. I just read something funny about you, right? So I went online just before you were coming and I thought, I'll just Google and just see if I can find anything interesting. And I had to screenshot this because you've done some weird interviews, man. Look at this interview, Hater, that I just um, read up. Okay, so he's done this interview before. It says, Stuart enjoys going to bed early at 10.30 p.m. Mike's favorite color is cobalt blue. <laughs> like, what interviews have you been doing before? What is that? That's like, uh, oh, Surfer Today. Surfer Today is kind of an interesting, interesting publication, I guess. Yeah. Hey, but this is uh, kind of interesting. We're in the car here with uh, Heder. Heder Logie. Yeah, Logie in Iceland. Uh, we just had a pretty fun session. Yeah, how was that surf? You just went out. It's crazy. No, fun, we got a couple, couple barrels each. Yeah, right. Yeah, that say, was. Say hi, Heder. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, how are you finding this cold water in Iceland, considering, considering you are Hawaiian? Yeah, it's... Well, I, I set my... Um, I set my uh, expectations for pain threshold real high. Yeah, so, right. uh, you know, it's kind of met close to that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's actually pretty funny that first day watching you try to put all the gear on. You put the gloves on wrong. You're out in the surf. Haydar's trying to fix everything for you. Yeah. Trying to dress you. Yeah, it's funny, man. I feel like a total kook. <laughs> a, I am a total kook here. I just feel like yeah, I just don't have anything figured out yet. Well, it's hard to it's hard to adapt. I'm just starting to get the hang of it now. Just starting to be able to feel the board under my feet with all this gear on. But um I've got a couple of questions for you before, because I, I was thinking about this and it's just like, what do you ask Mike Stewart? 
It's like, I reckon I could talk to you all night, but I've got a question for you. Yeah. What is the craziest wipeout you've ever had? Do you have one that you can actually, that comes to mind? Gosh. Um, Considering you are yeah. a guy that charges Chopu, you're a guy that has always charged Pipeline. Um, yeah, so so I guess you could qualify the wipeout to like different damage levels or... Um, like how what what like unusual or uh scariest scariest um one that's taken you so far out of your comfort zone i guess you know well one thing that happened to me that was kind of scary that that it didn't really uh hit me until after i kind of figured it all out but i was at uh pipe surfing on a not a really huge day but a good sized day and a nice little northwest corner ball came in and I scooped down you know it wasn't a very big wave but it was just kind of like it was going to be a really nice ball you know because yeah. it's kind of towards the end and it was wrapping and there's kind of a good wall on it so I thought I was going to get pretty pitted and as I scooped down I caught someone in the corner of my eye and I figured okay well I'll just you know that guy probably sees me I see him like hopefully he'll move and uh he moved most of his body, but he left his heel up, and it caught me and knocked me out. And uh, oh shit! Yeah, the, the next thing I knew, like I, I remember like scooping down, and next thing I know, like I'm underwater, looking at the surface, which is kind of far away, and telling myself, "Don't breathe," and just like, you know, it's like a, I was, I guess I was conscious, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to move my body physically so um i get you know i was coming into consciousness yeah so uh you know i was just like going oh shit really is this really happening right now like are you kidding me like and and then i'm like like how did i get in this predicament like did i get held down or what like i was trying to figure it out but um that was like the only time i got knocked out and um What'd you do? Just slowly was, come up? Yeah, I just kind of slowly made... I was able to kind of slowly come up and get air. But uh, I just knew I was, like, down pretty deep. And I was like, man, I want air bad right now. And, uh, I, you know, I just kept telling myself, don't don't breathe in the water. Don't breathe in the water. And then I, I you know, came up, got air, you know, snapped a little bit. and Because, you know, no one was going to claim it. And then... Uh, then went in and let's uh, say you got a little bit angry did you yeah I was pissed <laughs> I was pissed well, someone just knocked you out with their ankle yeah I was like what the hell man so yeah I think it was just kind of a weird knee jerk reaction you know I was pissed that I got in that predicament because it wasn't just my doing like I, yeah. you know, of course I should have been more aware of the guy paddling out and you know just but typically you know it's responsibility of people around you while you're on the wave to kind of watch out for you as well yeah so that didn't happen but anyway i got to the beach and then you know the lifeguard was at hey do you, you know my you know i knew this guy mark dombrowski is like a long time lifeguard on the, at aukai and uh he's like hey mike you know you should probably take some oxygen and i'm like you know what i think i'm okay my body's responding a particular way for a reason i'm thinking i'm reasoning like the, yeah my reasoning was that it was like handling it kind of how it should be handling it and I didn't take the oxygen 
and so I kind of went into this weird like state of shock for a little bit. Like it can, we we can cuss. Yeah, as well. I, I was. I think I was because um, yeah, it was really weird. Like I was shaking, and I was just in a really weird, um, like kind of weird like physical state after that. <laughs> for a while, I was cruising in the car. My I guess my pupils were dilated and all that other crap, but. Um, Imagine that guy's probably taken that to the grave. Uh, I, I don't know, man. He's the guy that. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. If, if I didn't make it, that'd suck. Oh man, what do you do in those situations? What's your theory when you're getting when you're copping a big wipe out a big hold down? Like, do you just tell yourself to relax? Do you try to put your body in a way that you're not going to hit the reef? Like, what do you what in your mind? What happens when you're starting to lose that air? Oh yeah, so there's different. Um... You know, there's different, a million different scenarios and, like, uh, different ways to handle different scenarios. And, you know, big hollow surf, I find myself, uh, like, typically typically getting blown up by the shock wave and then falling into the trench right behind it on my back. And then I kind of roll out the back of the wave. In most cases, you know, it's like a shore break move. But sometimes it doesn't all work out very well, so... Um, you know, you end up just getting tossed or, you know, compromised in some way where you're, like, put into a position that you have no control over and you don't really know what the outcome's going to be. So you, you just kind of brace in different ways. Like, one's kind of like the, like, a, like a, you want to be cat-like where you bend your, like, you you uh, don't straighten any joints and uh, just kind of make, like, a roll cage over your head so you don't get knocked out. And... Um, you know, just hope for the best if you think you might impact reef. Uh, yeah. But then in regards to, like, getting held down and, and those, you know, that, that, that type of thing, it's like, yeah, that's a different scenario. You know, I've, I've had instances where I've gone, um, yeah, I don't know how close I came to being uh, unconscious, but I do know that my body just basically went catatonic and I just kind of, like, uh, I just like was it was kind of a tranquil just like okay I'm like I've passed my threshold and I'm just like you know just every ounce of my uh, being just telling me don't breathe and just try to hold you know hold on and you know hopefully you make it to the surface before you black out but uh, shit um, I, yeah but anyway I find myself when I get to that point I'm like when it happens to me especially I hate when you when you lose your oxygen on the takedown, yeah. you know, like when, especially if it hits you in the gut or something and you, you lose your oxygen. And I find it happens here with the cold water, the shock. It shocks me so much and I lose my oxygen. But it's like I tell myself, just relax. And especially if I'm in Indo with the reef, like go limp, just relax, cover the head. And then I still hit a point, which is my threshold. And then I end up going into panic mode and <laughs> trying to like scrape for the surface. But and I know not to do that. It's just like, just go with it, relax, relax. And then after a while, sometimes you're just like, get me to the surface. Do you, is that something you're saying to yourself? Just, you know, now, like, just don't panic. Just let yourself kind of come. Or do you ever still freak out? No, I haven't. I haven't freaked out in a while. Um, and I think one reason why is that I've kind of identified that sensation. And then I immediately try to change or, or short circuit it. Um, uh, I got in. I got into a kind of a panicky situation about four or five years ago. I was in really big surf, and uh, uh, I got caught inside. On I was going, you know, surfing an outer reef with a friend, 
and uh, I caught a wave pretty far in and I didn't want to leave him out there alone um, so I figured okay I'll try to paddle back out and so I, as I paddled back out I got caught inside and this series of sets came and it just was relentless and uh, it ended up it ended up like um, there's the foam was so thick and it was so like full that I I, I was starting to like couldn't breathe in there and um, now this is the foam after the wave like so wave comes boom crumble breaks on top of you next one comes and it's just like incessant right so after this point it's just full of foam and I'm like having to like move the foam away from my mouth so I could breathe Shit. and um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was super hectic and uh, yeah, I, you choke on the foam too yeah and so I just remember like oh man if there's more sets coming I don't know how many more of these I could take but just like trying to keep calm and not like freak out because it was um, it was one of those situations where it was like uh, I started I, I was starting to lose the battle yeah where like you know you, you get hit with you know five or six ways and it's like okay you can that you can absorb but after that you know you start getting you start losing losing um, losing ground like yeah you know so um, do you still train like do you train yourself for these situations yeah, still like, yeah you... I don't um well, I just, I, you know, I have a pretty strict training regimen that I typically stick to when I'm at home. It's hard to do it when I'm traveling. But, uh, you know, I, I'll do that. And then um, uh, that, you know, keeps me in good shape, I think. And then I, I will... Uh, um, keep, keep that confidence Yeah, and, I, and, you know, I know how to do some, you know, deep breathing and stuff like that. And depending on the surf, like now, uh, you know, I, I, I might do that if it's really big. I might do like you know breathe up and then if there's like a lull or in between sets I'll breathe up and then that way I know that you know I'll be at least oxygenated if I get pumped fuck okay so Mike Stewart a guy that has charged chokes for so long and pipe what scares you now in the surf is there anything that scares Mike Stewart um yeah I mean you know I, I can I can uh, I can drum up fear on a three-foot wave if it's gnarly. You know, it's just you don't want to. Um, yeah, you don't want to be in certain situations and in and, and certain predicaments. You know, if it's a really thick, shallow, gnarly three-footer, um, you know, you better you better heed the warning call. You know, and not uh, just cruise. You get you know you, you get scared for a reason, and that's to like kind of up your up your uh, sensitivity and up your ability and to get out of a predicament yeah if you are you ever out pipeline still say it's 10 12 foot hawaiian do you still is it still nervous are you still are you yeah, so just not, comfortable i mean i'm i'm you know if, if i'm put into a weird predicament like say i'm i'm i got washed in onto the shelf or or you know, like just recently, I was out there body surfing for the body surfing event, and I had to like move in to try to get a wave. And then these sets started coming in, and I was like inside, and it's like, oh gosh. Um, you know, if you're on the wrong part of the reef, then that can make that can kind of make you nervous. Um, you know, there's been fatalities there as a result of being in the wrong place. Yeah. So you wanna you wanna make sure you're you're in generally in the in the better parts of the uh, of the reef. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, but generally speaking, I'm not, uh, I'm not in those deadly spots because I kind of know where they are and I avoid them. Yeah. Um, even if it's big, like I, I, uh, 
I take my time and I'm, I, I, you know, just go to where I know. And I, you know, I know that I might get caught inside on a couple ways, but it's not going to be like, you know, death pits on the shelf. Yeah. When you, you're, you're pretty well known because you're one of the, well, not only all your world titles, but because you're one of the first guys that surf chopes or the first guy that surf chopes. What was that day like? Like, was that scary surfing that? Like, was it a big, or did you surf it? When it was it small when you first surfed it? Yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't that big actually. It was like maybe three to six feet, and um, it was just perfect. So, uh, yeah, we you know we were down there. I was down there for. Uh, I I had won the tour that year for the PSA, so they, they part of the the deal was you got a ticket to Tahiti. And um, originally it was, we were going to stay at the Bali High or some like resort down there. And it's just like, sounded amazing. Uh, but when we got down there, evidently uh, the guy who was the promoter, I think it was Ian Karens, he took the tickets and took his, took one of the, took his girlfriend over there to use <laughs> the things. We all ended up sleeping on a porch, basically. What? Yeah, yeah, we were out in the out, and there's like dengue fever and crap down there, you know. And it's like, pff, man, I didn't want to get dengue fever. What? Did he just want to have a honeymoon with his missus? Oh yeah, he just yeah, he just he just just dug took, took the the, the Bali high tickets and went there and stayed there, and um, all yeah. the other guy, yeah, all the other surf, surfers on the tour, and we all got shafted, man. So we got, <laughs> yeah, we we're like sleeping on a porch, basically, on this like hostel type thing, and. Um, yeah, so anyway, but we're, I mean, the good news of that whole thing was is there was also this, um, this, uh, like, rubber ducky demo team. Yeah. This inflatable uh, boat demo team. And I convinced the, one of the guys to um, take me to the other side of the island and explore the reefs. Because, you know, I'd, I'd been there before, but, uh, you know, some years before, but I didn't, I didn't know all the reefs. So uh, it worked out perfectly. Like I just took the, the the dinghy and we flipped it over, and it fit perfectly over the little rental car. I think it was like a Yugo or something. It was like a tiny little uh, rental car. We could just there's just enough space where we could climb in through the the windows, <laughs> and um, and you could just see like there's like maybe a foot or two in the front that you could see through. So we just like crunched down a little bit, and then you could see as you drove. And it actually worked. It fit perfectly, so we didn't really need to secure it in any other way. Didn't tie it down. No, you don't, <laughs> just, yeah, we didn't need to tie it. Just we cupped it on the top of the car. Yeah, just cupped. Looks like a perfect fit. It was like a glove. And then we stuck the engine prior to you know throwing it on top. We put the engine in the back of the car, so you know that with our boards. And so we were like pretty set. And uh, then drove to this place I stayed at the first year I went down there with uh, Mickey Nielsen and. The Motley crew from from Wahoo, Ronnie Burns and Buzzy Kerbox, yeah. yeah, like it was pretty classic. Um, Glenn Jeans, um, a couple of those guys aren't with us anymore, unfortunately. But um, yeah, anyway, we went to this boat ramp and and then we launched from there, and we just started going, you know, out and around and around and around, and we just kept going until the reef basically connected with the island again, and uh, and then started heading back. It was pretty cool, you know. We got all the way to the end of the end where the reef had, had stopped, and then we went hiking. And it was neat, you know. We had a pretty cool day, and then 
we were heading back and we were trying to, you know, I ended up surfing all these different waves as we we're heading back. And um, I just remember seeing, you know, the last, it was getting towards the evening and there's the last, uh, the last break that I, that I kind of was watching from the back and it looked pretty good. I'm like, oh, how's this wave? So I jumped off and, and, uh, and then got one and it was just like, oh man, this thing is just like peeling. So it was like a pretty sick, perfect, you know, it was like a perfect, like maybe like five footer, four or five footer and just was peeling perfectly. And, uh, so that was the, and then, you know, we, I surfed a few there and it was like, that was uh, my first wave experience at that break. I didn't know about it being the mutant until some years later. But, um, you know, during that initial uh, uh, surf. So did, were you waiting for swells to go surf it again to see what it could do? Or um, did by this stage other people had heard of it? Um, well, the next day, uh, a couple local guys paddled out. I mean, I guess they saw us surfing it and we then we came in and then... Um, well, actually, we didn't come in. We, we uh, that was the next day we, we ended up surfing it again. Um, but uh, yeah, then, then then some local guys came out, and then uh, so I don't know like how how it you know what happened after that, but um, it paved the way. Yeah, kind of. It kind of uh, paved the way. That was the, that was the first one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and so some years back I came again, and um, you know I stayed at my friend's house over there, and it was. You know, we scored it a number of times, but not super huge. And then one day, um, one day I was with uh, doing this film project, and it was like a really big swell came. And I just was thinking, oh, I'm just gonna paddle out. Like I had another day there, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna paddle out and look at it. You know, just to just to be in the water and watch it. And that's when I saw it like start mutating, like properly at like 15 foot where it's just like you know draining madness and like it's 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 a sight to behold like it's just absolutely crazy to watch waves come in that big and that like incredible did you take one that day yeah i did actually it took me a while um like were you by yourself at this stage yeah yeah i was by myself guys had surfed it earlier but they went in because it got a little heavy and then as I made my way out there, um, I wa- you know I watched it for a while and I was just tripping out. And then I was like, "Well, maybe I can probably make this thing." And I watched a couple comment just like peel and blow. And um, I'm like, "Wow, this you know this wave is maybe it's can doable." So um, I slowly kind of moved in, and um, you know then a set would come and I'd paddle out, and then I wouldn't be able to catch it. You know, it'd just come under me it sucks so hard so uh were you scared like paddling into no I wasn't I mean I just I was I was nervous for sure I was wary but I wasn't necessarily scared I was just like okay I want to try to get one of these but I don't want to get caught inside and I don't want to because the consequences of where you were what what year are we talking here oh this is let's see the big year probably like maybe early 90s early 90s like maybe 92 93 or something like that and so the consequences back then of coming off and hitting that reef it's not set up how it is well now, yeah there's like... no there's no skis there's i was the only one out and so um yeah if you got if you got messed up you'd be 
that'd be a, a real bummer like you <laughs> that'd be yeah. a real bummer yeah you, <laughs> it wouldn't be a good thing it'd be a wreck trip for sure yeah but uh it was it you know it it was what was really interesting i found about the wave is that you know these all these big sets were coming in and i was like you couldn't apply like what you normally apply from a technical standpoint is in, in regards to like pallying it and catching it you had to you had to like fight your instincts of how to surf a wave and basically when a set came instead of like paddling out to meet it and then catch you know catch it you just start you put your head down and you just paddle as hard as you can straight in and then it's like you know you're underneath it and then you can you can catch it but if you don't do that and you're just a little bit too far out you just will never catch one so that was kind of a, a trippy like i had never surfed a wave quite like that before yeah what's what do you reckon's heavier takedown chopes or pipe gosh i don't know i guess uh just depends on the wave but um i think um well i just got pretty messed up at pipe or at, uh, at tahiti so um you know the reef is for sure a lot sharper in Tahiti, it's more, um, it's like, uh, you, you know, it's, it's more the typical type of reef. Like the Indonesian reef. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's 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 got sharp uh, living coral, whereas pipe is more... Um, it's like flatter, right? Well, it's, it's like, you know, like basalt. It's, um, yeah. you know, you got these big crevasse, crevices and, and some pinnacles and stuff like that, but... It doesn't necessarily have like you know the gnarly reef all over it, so you can hit some some of some of it and not get too cut. Yeah, I noticed when I was in Hawaii, a couple of takedowns I had, I bounced on the reef. You know, like just kind of hit nice and flat and bounced. And I was thinking, fuck, if that was Indonesia, even down the road at V-Land, that's really sharp. Yeah. So it had that typical reef. I would have been done. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, you get you get. Uh, Man, you get uh, the wrong spot or the wrong uh, position, and you're you're done. Yeah. So you've been surfing pot for how many years? Um, let's see. I guess the first time I surfed it was maybe like eighty. Shit, eighty one. So I mean, like... you know, like real pipe. I I surfed it. Yeah, I mean, I surfed it when I was younger and, and when it was smaller, but not not when it not when it was proper, you know. Like yeah. the first proper session I had out there was like, I think it was um, 19. See, I graduated in '82, so it'd have been 1979 or '80. Shit. Yeah. So you got okay. This is I've been waiting to ask you this for so long. So you got named Mr. Pipeline, right? What is that, and what did that mean to you? I have no clue what that is, or who okay, okay. it, or what. So on, okay, so on. It's actually even on Wikipedia. I was looking it up just before. So I, I just remember that you got voted like best surfer one year at Pipeline, or I don't, I don't know how it worked. Cause there was a, there's a few people that are, that are in the club. I think Jerry Lopez is one. Um, but it's on. It's even on your Wikipedia. It's the. It, I don't. I don't think it's a competition or anything. It's just. Yeah, it's just. I don't know what it is. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think it's. I don't know. Some guy put it. We made a name and. 
said that I was it, so it's not official. It's not official. No. So it, it, that not, wasn't like not, some big like moment, no, like no, ceremony no, no, where they're like crowned no. the new king. <laughs> they're just yeah. like, no, nah, there's some, some guys sitting at home on the computer. Yeah, going, basically. This is my Mister Pipeline yeah, this year. Yeah, I think so. so <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Like, there's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, being on tour for so many years and traveling around the world like are there any stories that just like kind of poke out like gosh I mean you but that's know, the hard question to ask someone yeah, it's like putting someone on the spot with a wild story is like well there's just so much stuff that happened you know it's like I would have to think think through like you know the, the different funky and funny scenarios do you reckon you'll change anything like going back like Oh, if I could change things? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's... it's uh, uh, For starters, I don't know how productive it is to kind of cultivate, like, a mindset of, like, oh, I should do this or I should have done that. I think it's wise to, like, look at your mistakes and go, okay, uh, maybe if I did this, that would have been a better outcome. But Learn from I th- it, yeah. Yeah, I think part of the reason why I was, you know successful competitively is um, that uh, you know I have a pretty uh, pretty uh, assertive and tenacious personality and so that works against me a lot of times where you know I might be uh, um, you know in, in a scenario or and I just like won't give up or won't uh, won't bend and uh, as a result I just go through hell <laughs> So highly competitive, yeah, yeah, and stubborn. Yeah, well, stubborn <laughs> to the point that uh, it affects competition or, or whatever my objective is. But you've got nine world titles, don't you? Out of that mindset. Yeah, that's right. So and what fifteen body surfing uh, titles? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's I don't know. There's a more. I don't know. There's more. <laughs> There's more titles. Yeah, I think it's like a twenty or something. It's something stupid. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's just you know I, I like I really enjoy getting pushed. You know what I like about competition is it it kind of pushes me into that kind of overdrive and and I end up doing things that I probably wouldn't do um, if it was just a free surf. You know, like I'm pushing pushing it and I think that that's healthy yeah I I like to go beyond my comfort level have you had guys that have really pushed you that really stand out like the like I wouldn't say rival but have got like guys on tour that have really pushed you into oh yeah everybody I mean you know I'm a pro I'm not it's not me out there it's like I'm a product of who I compete with totally like if it wasn't those guys pushing me you know I wouldn't I would not be uh uh I would not have accomplished half of what I have, and um, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't have pushed it myself. You know, so the fact that uh, there is good competition, I think, is just super healthy. Yeah. And uh, that's what that's what you know I kind of I thrive I thrived on that in the past. Well, what does it feel like when you get to that end point and you win a world title? Like what what does that feel like? Does did the ninth feel as good as the first? Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, it did actually. And I would say that, you know, initially you you set a goal, right? And so you you have this goal in mind 
and then you're chasing it so hard and so focused and and you're you're you know you're with your objective you know your laser beam focus is that and that's all you're thinking about or doing everything you're doing is revolving around that and when you do reach it, it there is a you know it's an incredible um incredible sensation and, and uh gratification like you just it's a very amazing apex moment you know when you reach that point um like it's like your whole is it like your whole life i can i can imagine you've trained for something your whole life you dream yeah, about like, something exactly like if you know you dream about something for so long and then you finally obtain it it's a pretty gratifying experience and um but you know the the, the trap to that is uh you it's temporary and uh you know so you're you know it's like you're running up this hill you reach the top and then it's like now what you know now what do you do and there's kind of like this down period a couple weeks afterwards where you're actually like kind of a little bit like down you know even though you just reached a super high level thing and whatever it is that you're at least in your own opinion and your your world your mental universe um you have this period of feeling a little bit down because you're you're left hanging and what it really uh, shows is the importance of just the struggle to get there and how good that is. It's yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like you got to join that yeah, journey. Yeah, totally. It's totally about that, you know, that, that trip to get there versus getting there. Getting there is temporary, but the trip getting there is everything. So the best you can really hope for is like, you know, working towards things and, um, you know, and, and enjoying that process, enjoying that journey. You know, and that's kind of cliche to say, you know, enjoy the journey, but... Uh, yeah, but that's like part of the key yeah, to happiness. It's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah part yeah. of the key to enjoying what you're doing. Like, yeah. you're someone that's so lucky that's been able to make a career out of what you're passionate about. Yeah, I know, totally. And it's kind of, it's by design, too. It's not like it just happened. Like, you know, I wanted to get into a predicament where I could... Or not necessarily a predicament, but I wanted to get into a scenario where I could... Um, you know, like sponsor myself and just do what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah. Do you, Do you realize that you're that you've become a person that like so many people look up to and so many people aspire? Like, is that a good feeling knowing that you have actually impacted so many other people's lives and got them to push themselves and push their boundaries? Well, that's you know that's wonderful when you say that. It feels great when you say that, and that that you know if people do. I don't know. I've just never really subscribed to like. The, the whole um, hype of anything, and um, you know, it, it's if someone has called, you know, has that idea and thought, and man, I'm like so honored. Yeah. I'm honored and humbled and stoked. Yeah, you know, like that's to me, it's like uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, that um, that's one of the first things I noticed about you is how humble you are and how much of a down earth, nice, normal guy you are, even with the career that you've had. It was like you're such an open and easy guy to just sit down and talk to or chat with or hang out with. Yet at the same time, it's like I'm watching people, oh my God, there's Mike Stewart, and get nervous. And and as soon as they actually meet you, it's like that, it's your, you know, you're a real person. So it's like really. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, do you not? <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, I don't know, you, you know, it's all relative, right? Like in the scope of things is it really that important probably yeah. not you know we're all just specks in the 
scale of the universe. So it's like, you know, you just have to keep things in, in, in check and understand that, um, you know, uh, that it's, you know, if you can positively, uh, positively influence someone, great. You know, that's a great thing. It's like, you, you know, I always kind of think about like, okay, what, what is the contribution you can make or what can you do? And, you know, so many people have definitive uh, things that they're doing that, that contribute to a culture or society. Like, you know, um, you know, like you got doctors fixing people and mechanics fixing cars and tangible things, right? And then you got... And then you got Mike Stewart pushing yeah. people to go deeper pipe. Yes, right? <laughs> so the ability to potentially influence someone, I think, is a pretty cool... Um, uh, opportunity and I, I take it kind of serious too like I don't I mean or I it's I take uh, I, I feel I'm responsible in that case like if I if someone asks me for advice or whatever I try to do my best to kind of like steer them in the way that yeah avoid some of the pitfalls that I fell into is that why I sponsor a lot of young bodyboarders yeah I, I, I do sponsor younger guys because um, well for a couple of reasons they're like young and, and I can help them and uh uh, they're generally uh, super eager to learn and hungry, and I love the energy with the young riders. Yes, yeah. I just love that that stoke, that next generation. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Do you do you have the feeling? Do you have the hunger for a tenth world title? Um, you know what? It's difficult, really difficult for me now in my in my circumstance. Uh, like I have a hard enough time being a father and a husband. You know. Yeah. And. Um, so, I mean, I need to be better at those things as well. And it's, um, I would love to, like if somebody said, Hey, guess what? We would love to see you do this. There's this great, like uh, product that we want you to support. And, um, I believe in the product, like it's a healthy product. It's, it's productive for people and we'll, we will sponsor you. We'll take care of all your expenses. We'll take care of your business and all you have to do is think about surfing getting better and trying to win another title i'd go for it for sure yeah right is there a company out there that's gonna mike stewart just put it out there (laughs) so probably not otherwise it would have (laughs) happened but you know it's uh whatever but i mean you know physically i think i could pull it off yeah um mentally i think i could pull it off I, i know it has to get done um and you know the, the the thing about it is like when you get to that that high man you're just splitting hairs like there's you know when you get to that higher highest level where you're you know you're, you're in title contention and you're dealing with that it's like you know you can make one wrong decision in a in a heat and it basically costs you the whole title Fuck. so um you know that's that's how it is and so and that's the downside and that frustration yeah too. yeah well frustration but you know you just have to be you have to be uh that good that you can extract something out of nothing and um you know to get to that level too is like not easy so you really gotta you really gotta put in the hours and you really gotta develop a, um a competency that's like far superior to to everyone so that you can you know Com- compete at that highest level that you need to yeah dude yeah anyway oh, yeah we just got to the airport and you, where are you flying to now um i'm flying back home to hawaii so yeah. 
are you, you have it straight there or where are you going yeah I'm going I think I go like I think that the route is um, Boston and then oh Boston Vegas and then Honolulu oh so you got a trek ahead of you yeah a little bit of a trek yeah well dude it was like it was sick hanging yeah, out cool, with you man. guys this week kind of a classic little interview driving here yeah just head rushes me to the airport hey you don't need to you can just drop me off man I'll just I'm, I want to I want to get some eat okay you still got that Red Bull credit card? Can't <laughs> <laughs> something to eat. <laughs> oh, All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Thanks yeah, so sick. much, Mike. You're a legend. Yeah, right on, man. Thanks. Just say. I do it like a double.